Chapter Four of Idiala. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Wild Shimmering Path. Idiala by Sarah Grand. Chapter Four. When I first knew Idiala, her religious opinions were all unsettled. I neither believe nor disbelieve, she told me. I am in a state of don't know, or perhaps it would be more exact to say that I both doubt and believe at one and the same time. I go indifferently to either church, Protestant or Catholic, and am thankful when any note of music or thrill of feeling in the voice or noble sentiment elevates me so that I can pray i am told that both catholics and protestants consider me a weak waverer and call me incorrigible sometimes i cannot pray for months together and when i do it is generally to ask for something i want not to praise or give thanks but what a blank it is when one cannot pray when one has lost the power to conceive that there is something greater than man to whom man is nevertheless all in all and to whom we may look for comfort in all times of our tribulation and for sympathy in all times of our wealth to be able to give thanks to god when one is happy is the most rapturous and to be able to call upon him in the day of trouble is the most blessed state of mind i know yet i believe we should only pray for the possible the leafless tree may pray for the time of buds and blossoms will the time come the sooner perhaps not but it will come i must confess she said on another occasion that i do have moments of pure scepticism but when i cannot believe in the existence of a god and a beyond i feel as if the sky were nearer and weighed upon me so that i could not lift my head she thought religion consisted much more in doing right than in believing right and set morality above faith but i think she had a leaning toward the roman catholic religion nevertheless it is a grand old faith she said only it has certain ramifications with which i should always quarrel notably that of the sacred heart with which catholics deface their lovely lady in the churches i always feel that such bad art cannot be good religion when the roman catholic religion commanded respect it expressed itself better as in the days when it carved itself in harmonies of solid stone and wrote itself in tint and tone on glowing canvases and learned to speak in thundering mass and mighty hems of praise there are people who think these new shoots good as a sign of life in the tree and this consideration might perhaps make their appearance welcome but a great deal of strength is expended on their production and it would be just as well to lop them off again the old tree wants pruning and cutting back occasionally and it is a false sentiment that it is letting it fall to decay for the sake of these struggling branches there is another thing too for which we should all quarrel with the catholic religion i think the fact has already been noticed by some writer at all events it is evident enough to have occurred to any one i mean the fact that the church by its narrow views about education and its most unspiritual ambition for itself has retarded the world's progress for centuries by interfering with the law of natural selection as a matter of course for ages all the best men went into the church it was the only career open to them and so they left no descendants at our house on another occasion when the roman catholic religion happened to be under discussion she launched forth some observations in her usual emphatic way there were only two strangers present a lady and her husband idiala asked the lady who was sitting next to her if she were a catholic to which the lady answered no and idiala satisfied proceeded to remark it may be the true religion 
but it certainly is not the religion of truth the doctrine of expediency or the latitude they allow themselves on the score of expediency i don't quite know how they put it but it has much to answer for i never find that my roman catholic friends are true as my protestant friends are there is always a something kept back a reservation a want of straightforwardness even when there is no positive deception i can't describe the thing i mean but it is quite perceptible and causes an uneasy feeling of distrust which is all the more tormenting from its vagueness and want of definition the low-class roman catholics i find never hesitate if a lie will serve their purpose and roman catholic servants are notoriously untrustworthy that of course proves nothing for one knows that low-class people of any religion are not to be depended on still there is no doubt that one finds deception more rife among catholics than among protestants and one wonders why if the religion is not to blame my sister claudia had tried to catch idiala's eye and stop her but in vain and the lady next her broke out the moment she paused indeed you are quite wrong you cannot have known many catholics they are not untrue oh yes i have known numbers idiala answered i speak from experience yet it always seems to me that the roman catholic religion is good for individuals there is pleasure in it and help and comfort for them but then it is death to the progress of nations and the question is would an individual be justified in adding a unit more for his own benefits to a system which would ruin his country i think not here however she stopped seeing at last that something was wrong what dreadful mistake did i make this evening she asked me afterwards mrs gervois declared she wasn't a catholic but her husband is i answered and he heard every word idiala groaned not long afterwards mrs gervois wrote and told us she had entered the catholic church i had in fact been received before i went to you she confessed there idiala exclaimed it is just what i said a want of common honesty is a part of the religion and you see she had begun to practise it while she was here what an eternal lie it is they preach when they tell us life is not worth having she said to me once speaking of preachers generally i have heard an oleosaccharine priest preach for an hour on this subject detailing the worthlessness of all earthly pleasures with which he seemed to be intimately acquainted his appearance making one suspect that he had not even yet exhausted them all himself and giving a florid account of the glories of the life to come about which he appeared to know as much but to care less just as if heaven might not begin on earth if only men would let it one day i had to warn her about acting so often on impulse she heard what i had to say very good-naturedly and after thinking about it for a while she said what a pity it is no one ever sees an impulse coming it is impossible to know whether they arise from below or descend from above i always find if i act on one that it has arisen and as surely if i leave it alone it proves to have been a good opportunity lost and how curiously our thoughts go on often so irrespective of ourselves 
i was in a roman catholic church the other day and the priest a friend of mine who looks like the last of the mohicans minus the feathers in his hair but a good man with nice soft velvety brown eyes preached most impressively he told us that the lord was there there on that very altar ready to answer our prayers and oh dear when i came to think of it there were so many of my prayers waiting to be answered i felt like presenting them all over again it seemed such a good opportunity and then they sang the o salutaris hostia divinely so divinely that i thought if the lord really had been there he would certainly have made them sing it again and i could not pray any more after that you call this rank irreverence do you not i do and i wish i had not thought it yet it was one of those involuntary tricks of the mind for which i cannot believe that we are to be held responsible theologians would say it was a tempting of the devil but they are wrong the first cause of these mental lapses is to be found in some habit of levity acquired young and not easily rid of but still not hopeless but prevention is better than cure and children should be taught right-mindedness early i wish i had been happy is the child who is started in life with a set of fixed principles and the power to respect i used to wish that there might be a universal religion but ideala did not share my feeling on this subject i suppose it is a fine idea she said but while minds run in so many different grooves it seems to me far finer for one system of morality to have found expressions enough to satisfy nearly everybody she had very decided views about what heaven ought to be the mere material notion of abundance of gold and precious stones which appealed to the early churchmen has no charm for us she declared we must have new powers of perception and new pleasures provided us such for instance as mr andrew lang suggests in an exquisite little poem about the homeric fascia the land whose inhabitants were friends of the gods a sort of heaven upon earth and then she quoted the languid sunset mother of roses lingers alight on the magic seas the wild fire flames as a flower uncloses heavy with odour and loose to the breeze the strange flower's perfume turns to singing heard afar over moonlit seas the siren's song grown faint with winging falls in scent on the cedar trees those lines were the first to make me grasp the possibility of having new faculties added to our old ones in another state of existence she said faculties which should give us a deeper insight into the nature of things and enable us to discover new pleasures in the unity which may be expected to underlie beauty and excellence in all their manifestations as mr norman pearson puts it did you ever read that paper of his after death in the nineteenth century it embodies what i had long felt but could never grasp before i found his admirable expression of it i can see no reason he says in one passage in particular which i remember word for word i think it gives me such pleasure to recall it i can see no reason for supposing that some such insight would be impossible to the quickened faculties of a higher development with a nature material so far as the existence of those faculties might require but spiritual to the highest degree in their exercise and enjoyment under physical conditions which might render us practically independent of space and actually free from the host of physical evils to which we are now exposed we might well attain a consummation of happiness generally akin to that for which we now strive but idealized into something like perfection 
the faculties which would enable us to obtain a deeper and truer view of all the manifestations of cosmic energy would at the same time reveal to us new forms of beauty new possibilities of pleasure on every side and to take a single instance the emotions to which the sight of niagara now appeals might then be gratified by a contemplation of the fierce grandeur of some sun's chromosphere or the calmer glories of its corona that satisfies does it not she added with a sigh <sighs> it suggests such infinite possibilities one day when she was making herself miserable for want of a religion i tried to comfort her by talking of the different people whose lives had been good and pure and noble although they had had no faith i suppose my principles are right she said but if they are they have come right by accident the children of the people are sent to sunday schools and taught the difference between right and wrong we seem to be expected to know it instinctively i think if i had learnt i might have profited because i cling so fondly to the one principle i ever heard clearly enunciated it was on the sin of shooting foxes and i cannot tell you the horror i have of the crime even down to the present day but now i think of it i did receive two other scraps of religious training my governess taught me the ten commandments by making me say them after her when i was eating bread and sugar for breakfast before going to church on sunday the thought of them always brings back the flavor of bread and sugar and the other scrap i got from a clergyman to whom i was sent on a single occasion when i was thought old enough to be confirmed he asked me which was the commandment with promise and i didn't know so he told me and then i made him laugh about a horse of mine that used to have great fun trying to break my neck and after that he said i should do i did not agree with him however and i positively refused to be confirmed until i knew more about it my mother said i was the most disagreeable child she had ever known which was probably true but as an argument it failed to convince it was her last remark on the subject happily and after that the thing was allowed to drop idiala was fourteen when she refused to be confirmed for conscientious scruples and although she made light of it in this way she had suffered a good deal and been severely punished at the time for her refusal but vainly for she never gave in in after-life she held of course that christianity was the highest moral revelation the world had ever known but when she saw that legal right was not always moral right i think she began to look for a higher by baptism she belonged to the church of england but she seems to have thought of the sacrament always with the idea of transubstantiation in her mind she spoke of it reverently but had never been able to take it and for a curious reason she said the idea of it nauseated her she felt that the elements were unnatural food and therefore she could not touch them and this feeling never left her but once when she was dangerously ill and yearned as she told them for the sacrament more than for life and health day and night the longing never left her but not having been confirmed she did not like to ask for it and as she recovered the old feeling gradually returned religious difficulties always tormented her more or less as she grew older she felt with shelley that belief is involuntary and a man is neither to be praised nor blamed for it and she was always ready to acknowledge with sir philip sidney that reason cannot show itself more reasonable than to leave reasoning on things above reason but nevertheless her mind did not rest i have also heard her quote 
Credulity is the man's weakness, but the child's strength, and add that in matters of faith and religion we are all children, and I have thought at times that she had been able to leave it so, but something always fell from her sooner or later which showed that the old trouble was ranking still, as when she told me once, I have never heard the divine voice which has called you and all my friends. I listen for it, but it does not speak. I call, but there is no reply. I wait, but it does not come. The heaven of heavens is dark to me, and the yearning of my soul meets no response. Will it be so forever? No, not forever, but she was led by torturous ways, and left to work out her own salvation in very fear and trembling, till the dear human love was given to her in pity to help her to know something of that which is divine, and then, I hope, above the trouble of her senses, and the turmoil of the world, the divine voice did call her, and she was able at last to hear. End of chapter 4